Hello and welcome to BSN Extra. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. Basketball season is right around the corner. The men tip off on Monday, and head coach Chris Mudge will come in studio to talk about the season, his transition as a head coach, and look ahead at the schedule, as well as some of the names you need to know heading into this season. All of that coming up right here on BSN Extra. Hey, Bearcat fans, it is basketball season. It is time to get your tickets to see the Bearcats in their first season of Conference USA. Be sure and log on to your Go Bearcats account and get your season tickets today, or you can call the Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729. Eat them up, cats. And welcome back to BSN Extra. Jason Barfield here, and I'm now joined by Head basketball coach Chris Mudge still has to have a good ring to it, right? I mean, it sounds nice. Still getting used to that. Sounds nice. Still getting used to that title. Sometimes when I hear coach, I keep looking for somebody else. <laughs> Chris Mudge joining us, and uh, we're—it's hard to believe, but it's basketball season. It came really fast. It did. I kept thinking there was another month coming up. <laughs> so you guys are getting ready to head out to Pacific to open out the season. Uh, we'll get into the schedule. We'll get into all that. Just let's talk a little bit about you and just what this transition has been like for you moving one seat over, but everything that's kind of gone into this move. You know, one seat over is about 18 inches and it feels like 18 miles. You know, the role is so different in what you do day to day and what your responsibilities are for each and every person in the program. And that has been a really fun transition, being able to mold things and do things the way that uh, I want to do them. But also, most of the things we do have been built the way that have been successful. And so there's been a lot that stayed the same, but there's been a lot of decisions day to day of, okay, do we want to keep doing this? Do we want to change that? How do we want to treat this? What things define the kind of young men we have and the way we're going to do our program? And although most of the time, some of those things have stayed the same because it's been successful and we've been able to create really good, successful young men that have won basketball games, that have won, that have graduated, that have played pro. The process of going through all those things has been time consuming. It's been energy consuming. It's uh, mentally been draining, but has been uh, a whole lot of fun and has taken our staff and our players through a lot of discussions. Cause a lot of times we just ask the guys like, what do y'all think about this? How do you want this team to look? How do you want this program to look? And that's been fun as a kind of leader of an organization, seeing the way that they shape it going forward, giving them the ownership of what it's going to look like day to day. And uh, that's been probably the most fun part is hearing their voice and what they want to come out of this. What has been kind of up to this point, maybe something that has happened or that you weren't prepared for that you were like, oh, wow. I have to deal with this too. <laughs> How long is this program? <laughs> uh, you know, there are the amount of decisions you have to make was surprising. I think just the, from the socks that we're going to wear to what time we're going to eat to which recruit we're going to try to get and everything in between the amount of things that you get asked and you're the one that has to make the decision. And don't get me wrong, I've been very lucky to be involved in a lot of decisions, even as an assistant coach, and I was given that uh, luxury where I got to learn. It just was a different level. And so 
there were times I'd get home and my kids are running around and my wife was like, what do you want for dinner? And I'd say, I can't make one more decision. <laughs> I don't care what you make. I'm going to go along with it. I can't do one more thing where I have to choose between A and B. And that took a little while to get used to. And it took some routine and it took some process of figuring out how I'm going to be a decision maker. And that is probably the most surprising thing that I've had to adjust to. A lot of the basketball things have been very similar because we've obviously had a great program and have done really well and are going to do many things similarly. But some of the off the court stuff that you have to manage that you're like, oh, I didn't, that wasn't on the job description. I didn't see that in that fine dotted line. But obviously you're, you're, you have ownership over every little piece of the program. And so that takes some time and energy to manage it all. Now, when you got the job, I mean, you pretty much had to go into immediate recruiting mode um, and not just guys coming into the program, but keeping what's intact and, you know, putting together a staff. And, you know, I know it was big keeping Coach Bailey and um, and then working on the kids. Just kind of talk me through that that process and, and, and what that was like having to kind of hit the ground running with that aspect of it. You know what? took about 30 days before I took a second and let it sink in. And it was only for about five seconds then, but to sink in of, hey, I've been very blessed to be the head coach at Sam Houston. The first five seconds after I heard I got the job, immediately started player meetings with our guys. Because people is the most important thing you can have in an organization. And the thing that we've had phenomenal was other staff members, great players, great managers, GAs. And I knew that going in, that'd be the most important thing. And so the first meeting I had was with Coach Bailey, and I was lucky to keep him. He's been a huge part of why we've uh, been able to keep our success going and why our team is going to be really good. And then we had immediate player meetings. I mean, right after we met with them in the locker room, immediately just brought them all up, said, hey, y'all come to my office and talked with each and every one of them that had the chance to come back. And, and that was the most important thing I spent a lot of time doing. And we were very lucky to keep – uh, seven really good returners that are great young men that are leaders that are culture guys that are exactly what we want on and off the court and that not only has helped us because they're going to help win games but they also have taught everybody new in the program including our assistant coaches what is acceptable here and the way we do things here I'll see one of our players like Cam Lamar one of those guys JD talking to our assistant, say, hey, this is how we guard this. This is the Iverson. This is what we do. And I love that because there's dialogue and carryover starting with the players. And so I can't put a number on how important it was to keep those seven guys and keep our staff, uh, Coach Bailey, here. And that was incredible. And then obviously recruiting, I think we did really well. I love the guys we brought in. They fit us. They fit our program. They're the kind of guys we've been really successful with. And once we were able to get that team in place, get our staff in place, I was able to take a breath for like five seconds. It wasn't very long, but I got at least a little bit of it. And that's been the biggest part of why I think we really hit the ground running is that we just were able to bring in good people from day one. You know, in this day and age in college athletics, basketball has been one of the biggest ones with the transfer portal and how fluid it is and you know anytime there's a there's a coaching change and a turnover on staff you see turnovers on a roster as well um when you look back on it and saw the guys that you were able to keep and that that you kept that core group um 
how surprised were you ultimately in the end that i mean because you almost kind of expect i mean there's been guys who've left the portal for no i mean left in the portal for no reason right. at all right. you know and uh and, and it's been surprising you're like wow I, I don't know why they even left you know but you know obviously in a coaching change in a turnover situation and you know to still be able to keep those guys first off how big was it and what does that say about the program itself we were very fortunate and all the guys that stayed have a deep love for coach Hooten. And that's something that coach Hooten and I were very respectful with one another of knowing that these guys love both of us. And that because we really operate in a way that we're never negative in recruiting anyways, but especially we wanted to let these guys make the best decision for them. And uh, coach Hooten is a great man and a great leader. And we both, put it to the guys like, Hey, here are the things that could be positive. If you stay here, are some things positive, if you go and you can choose the best thing for you. And I think the biggest Testament is to Sam Houston as a university and as a culture and as a place where these guys felt comfortable. And they said, I want to stay a part of this family, this city, this university, even more so than the program, because Coach Hooten was obviously a big part of our program, was the leader of our program, and would have been a great man to go play with. But they wanted to stay here. I don't think it's much a reflection of, of me as what we've built and then what is here around these guys. They feel like they're at home. They feel like they're cared for. They feel like they're loved. And that that's where they want to finish out their education, where they want to finish out their basketball career. And so I think it was a, a big picture thing. And, and again, we can't put a number on how important it was for them to be here. And I'm so thankful and so grateful. And I tell them all the time how grateful all of these guys are here, not just our returners, but they made a choice to be here and they made a choice to buy into what we're going to continue here. And, and that's been a huge part of why I think we're going to be really successful. And I think one of the other big things with having a good group back is it's big for the newcomers and they can see guys who know what the culture is know what the expectation is um you know i've gotten to know lewis uh Rowe because he's been hosting a podcast and so just getting the chance to talk to him about you know he's been at multiple different places and he's been you know vmi and you know just the culture that's there and then going playing in junior college and now here and one of the things that he said that really kind of caught him off guard was just how intense every single day is and the expectation of you're going to come, you're going to work your butt off for two and a half hours, you're going to go home, and then you're going to come back the next day and you're going to work your butt off again for two and a half hours. And he had never had that before, but he said, you know, in that one moment when you might look around and think, are they crazy for asking us to do this? You see seven other guys who are on the line doing it, and that's been big for him. It is eye-opening for guys when they come here. And the best leadership we can have is player-led leadership. And I knew that we were going to have a good year when the first day of summer workouts, we're doing a lane slide drill that is literally meant just to make them tired and make them work and see how they react to some adversity. And after the first rep, Lamar Wilkerson stops and says, Coach, we got to do that again. We stopped short. We didn't get all the way to the line like you said to. And I knew in that moment that our leadership we had coming back was going to be good enough to get us where we want to go. 
And that's one of the things I've loved about our culture that we've been able to build over 13 years. And then with these returners have been able to continue is the player led leadership. Because as coaches, we can obviously do quite a bit to uh, handle structure, to handle values, to communicate what we want to do. But the fellas are the ones that make it happen. They're the ones that make the click happen. They're the ones that have the chemistry and they're the ones that have to enact it. The energy, the excitement, the joy, the supporting each other. And with those guys coming back, we've been able to keep that rolling. And that's been a big part. And don't get me wrong, we still have a long ways to go with this group. But we've started at a much higher level because the new guys got to see somebody that has done it every day. And they're not going to stop. And when they look and see, gosh, these other guys are doing it, I can get there even though it's harder than anything I've ever done in my life. They got there. They were in my shoes last year or the year before okay, I, I can do it if I just stick with it. And so they're the best example we can have, and they're the best you know, billboard of, hey, if you do this, it's going to work for you. I want to go back to Coach Bailey, and because I've heard his name come up. Obviously, the guys have talked about you know, having him back, and you've talked about how big it was. What is it about Coach Bailey that, you know, that makes him so important? What does he bring to the table that really makes this work for you guys? Well, Coach Bailey brings... I mean, so many things. You know, he's been a head coach. He's coached on a lot of different levels. And first and foremost, he builds great relationships because he's genuine. And the guys know that. So he can be hard on them when he needs to. And he has a lot of intensity that he brings to practice and, and to their meetings and just every day. But they also know that he has their back. And that's something that my staff is great at. But Coach Bailey's exceptional at um, just building real relationships that allow him to coach him and to help guys get better and to push them knowing that those guys know he's just trying to get me better and I know it. X's and O's wise, he's also phenomenal. I mean, he handles a large part of our defense and, uh, and does a phenomenal job. He's a great recruiter. He's just a well-rounded guy. And he's going to be a head coach here again very soon or be moving up to being a high major assistant, I wouldn't be shocked because he does a phenomenal job. Every second we have him here is a second that's going to make us better. And I, I just think that we've had a lot of really good assistant coaches, and that's helped our program a lot. And so to have Coach Bailey for the amount of time we've had is, is a win for Sam Houston and something that we haven't had all the time. All right, so story time. And I, I think I'm going to get to a point here at the end. But, um, you know... One question I've actually been asked a couple of times is what is your coaching style going to look like as a head coach? And I've just been like, I don't know, because I remember if it wasn't the first game, it was the second that coach Hooten was here and we're at Texas. And, you know, I had seen him for six years on the bench as an assistant and he, you know, typical assistant coach type stuff, you know, didn't wasn't too loud, you know, but you, you know, you had some moments, but you didn't know what to expect when you see them move into the next chair and, and be the head coach. And I remember at Texas, I was like, holy smokes, he's not going to make it through the year. He He's going to have a coronary before this is done. I mean, it was just, it was a total change in, that I'd never seen before. And I thought that was interesting to watch him go from an assistant and go from a head coach and then learn ultimately. I, re I remember there was an official, and I don't know if you remember this or not, I mean, he is out on the floor just going 90 miles an hour. And one of the officials finally came by and was like, Coach, you have to calm down. 
you cannot keep doing this. And, you know, so your side of things now, what, what can we expect to see from you as a head coach now that you're going to be in that spot? You know, it's funny you say that because my wife asked me one day, she goes, well, what are you going to be like? And I looked at her and said, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know, the, your Vegas betting could go either direction. <laughs> and I think you're going to get uh, calm, measured intensity. You know, the standard hasn't changed of what is acceptable and what intensity and what accountability we have. The communication of it just may come in a different way. You know, I want our team to know that I believe in them. And that if we play at the standard, then we're going to be really good. And a team is a reflection of the personality of the head coach. And I want our team to be unflappable. I want them to be uh, never too high, never too low, and consistent in the good and the bad so that over 40-minute games, we can be successful. So uh, I think that the jury is out, and we'll see. We had The guys have brought up a certain meeting that we had this summer that let him know that Coach Mudge had a little edge to him, <laughs> which was which was good for him to realize that it's the role change includes uh, the role change for everybody, and so it is. Uh, it's been a really good outlet for me to let some different sides come out while still being me. That's the most important thing I can be is be me, my personality, and who I really am, while demanding the same standard that's made us really good. All right. Well, I like that answer. I'm curious to see. I'm going to be out with you guys this week, so um, we'll 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 see how your your debut compares to to Coach. Hooten's. So will I. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the schedule, talk about Pacific coming up, and uh, kind of go a little deeper on the guys that you got and and kind of what we're expecting to see. We'll have that in just a moment here on BSN Extra. Hey, Bearcat fans! If you're looking to keep up with the Cats. Be sure and head to the Apple Store and download the all-new Bearcat Sports app. It is your one place to stay in touch with Bearcat Athletics, including game recaps, highlights, and live audio streaming of Sam Houston football and basketball. It is also a spot to be able to listen to your favorite Sam Houston podcast, including BSN Extra and the new Players Only Cat's Eye Podcast. Check it out in the App Store. Search for Bearcat Sports. Eat them up, cats. And welcome back to BSN Extra. Jason Barfield here, and I'm joined by Chris Mudge. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule now. We'll start with Pacific. Monday night, out on the West Coast, so you get a road trip to start things off. What are you kind of expecting to see from them? I'm just excited to see how we respond to a really difficult schedule. It's got to be the most difficult schedule we've had in the 13 years that I've been here. And I'm excited about that because we're going to see a lot of adversity. We're going to go play on the road at a WCC team that returns a lot of good players, is really well coached, and we're going to have to travel to do it. And with some guys that are new, that are a little inexperienced, they're going to be playing in a big boy basketball game. Uh, in a great environment, and that's what college basketball is about. And so what I really just want to see most is how we respond in difficult moments when things are going poorly. Also, when things are going really well, can we continue to do it? Can we do the things that got us there? Or do we have a lull? Do we have a let up? Because over a 40-minute game, it's a game of runs. 
and Pacific is really going to test us. And I'm excited to see that. It's definitely not uh, the normal first game, play somebody that you think you're going to beat by a lot. This is going to test us. This is a Conference USA level matchup. And I couldn't be more excited about that. And I told our guys that we get to start off with a team that's going to see a little bit of what we're about. Doesn't define us by any means, but it's going to get us ready for a tough, long road trip that we have in Conference USA against a really good team and see how we respond. What sort of style? What what? How do you, how do they play? What do you expect to see from them? So they play fast. They spread the floor. They have some guards who can really score the basketball. And they play really well off of each other with spacing and put you in a lot of situations where you're guarding in space. And so we're going to have to be incredibly disciplined, keep the ball in front, really help each other, and just be solid and tough. And defensively, they do a good job of just kind of shrinking the floor on you. And, and so it'll be great for us because Conference USA is going to be full of teams with really talented players. And we're going to have to, as a team and individually, be able to guard those guys. And they're going to put us in those situations. They're, the stuff they run is really good. It has great spacing. It's not overly complicated. And then they're going to see, can you guard our ability to play basketball? And I'm excited to see if we can do that. In this trip, isn't too dissimilar from the NIT trip that, uh, that we made out in March going out to Santa Clara. And you've got a group of guys who have made this kind of trip, gone into that kind of environment, and got the win. How much does that help just from a mindset standpoint going into this? I think learning how to travel is an important part of winning on the road. You know, guys that are used to bus trips aren't used to the feeling of getting on a flight, going somewhere, which can be tiring, getting somewhere, practicing in someone else's gym, staying in a different hotel, driving different places, being able to mentally be locked in in somewhere that's different than you're used to. And we were lucky to be able to go to North Texas and have a little bit of that. We drove it, but it was a, it was a road game for us. So our guys got to get a little routine in there. And I think the returners, not just the Santa Clara trip, but a lot of our WAC travel was far. And Conference USA travel is going to be far. We're going to be going East Coast, Midwest, you name it. We're going there. And we have to be ready to do that, especially the quick Thursday-Saturday turnarounds where we go to Western Kentucky on a Thursday and then play an afternoon game in Miami at Florida International. You have to have great focus. You have to have great detail. You have to have really good sleep habits. And so this will be a good trip for us to start building those. And then you get a familiar opponent at home for your home opener, Utah Valley, coming in. Congratulations. It's nice to have them at home. <laughs> they – uh Obviously, you know, promoting assistant coach, Coach Filch, who does a phenomenal job, and it's a big part of why they've been good. They have a really new roster, but I know they're going to be very good and defined by the same toughness and execution and talent that they've had that's made them really good the last couple of years. Our games within have been really good college basketball games, and we gave one away to them two years ago here at home uh, where we were up and gave away the lead. And then they're at their place last year. Uh, we had the craziest travel that we've ever had getting anywhere and then went and played a phenomenal basketball team. And uh, they kind of gave it to us later in the game. And so this will be a really good test for us to get a really good road game against a high-level basketball team and then come home two days later and play another really good one and see how we respond. And then after that, you talk about how tough of a schedule this is. You've got a road trip to Oklahoma State, road trip to Ole Miss, and then you're at Troy. That that's really, I mean, that's a 
It's quite a five-game stretch to start the season. You know, whoever was in charge of scheduling might need to get an HR meeting or something. <laughs> but it is, we wanted to test our guys early and often. And our schedule is going to do that with these road games. And even our mid-major games are against teams that are very well coached and very tough. And that was done for a reason. Because Conference USA, every single night, is going to be against a very good coach with very talented players. And so for us to help ourselves get ready for what really matters, which is conference play, we have to be tested. And I think we're going to win all of them. But even in times where we may have a little lower score at the end of the game, we're going to be better for it. We're going to be better to go play Oklahoma State. And we've won those kind of games recently. You know, Last year alone, we beat Oklahoma and Utah. I think we can go win some of these games. But we're going up against Coach Boykin, who does a phenomenal job at Oklahoma State, Coach Beard, who does a phenomenal job at Ole Miss. And we're going to get tested not just with talent, with coaching, with travel, all in one, which is just going to help us get better. And that start is uh, – daunting isn't the right word because we're not scared of it. It's actually exciting and something we're looking forward to, to be able to go show everybody what we're about and then build from there. See how it goes. See what we need to get better at. See what we need to tighten up then be able to build after that five-game stretch, playing a team at Troy. We got Troy, and then we got Grambling, who is a phenomenal team and beat several high majors last year. And then we get to come home for a second and then go on the road again. And it's going to test our mental toughness. It's going to test our culture. And all it's going to do is just be able to get us better to go win Conference USA basketball games and Conference USA tournament games. And then you talk about Conference USA, first year in the league, Obviously, last year, Conference USA made quite the name for itself. Postseason, I mean, you look at the run by Florida Atlantic getting to the Final Four. You guys got a chance to see North Texas in the NIT. North Texas goes all the way. Conference USA was really good in the postseason. And while the teams have certainly changed the standard of the league, I mean, these are still teams you're going against that faced all of these teams, and they know where the bar is, and that bar has been set. You know, last year – knowing that we're moving into Conference USA and you're watching all this unfold in the postseason, what were your thoughts? All it did was make me more excited because the country now knows how good Conference USA basketball is. And the teams that have been brought in between ourselves, Liberty, New Mexico State, you know, uh, Kennesaw, uh, those teams, Jacksonville State, all have tradition of being exceptionally good basketball programs, just like the programs who left. You know, last year, Conference USA was the 10th-rated league in the country, which is very good. The WAC was 11th. And so we were already competing in a very good basketball league. And now I think the thing that we're noticing is that people know Conference USA around the country. They know how good these teams are. They know how good the competition and league is. And so the notoriety and the amount of people that are watching TV to watch our football games and are telling us they're going to watch us in our basketball games – has just been really large just because of this success and because of the name recognition from all that postseason success that they had last year. You know, from a from a coaching standpoint, you kind of talk about, you know, the the travel and the planning and, you know, everything that you go in. So now it's all new for you. The opponents are new. The trips are new. Everything is going to be new for you. So you're having to do a lot of that from scratch in terms of where to stay when you go to Western Kentucky, where to stay when you go to Florida International. So how has that process been as you've been planning for these conference trips? 
You know, it's been interesting, and we've been asking a lot of our friends that were in the league or are in the league, hey, when you go to Middle Tennessee, where do you stay? Where are the best places to eat? All those things. You know, when we were in the Southland four or five years ago, we could have done it like clockwork. When we went to Natchitoches, I knew exactly where we were going to eat and where we were going to stay. And so that part is definitely new, and the travel is a little more difficult because the cities that these schools are in are a little farther from airports. Whereas when we were in the WAC, we flew to Phoenix, we flew to LA, we flew to Seattle, we flew to Salt Lake. And so now for Liberty, which is obviously a beautiful place and a great campus, but you fly somewhere and then drive an hour and a half or two hours. Same thing with Jacksonville State, same thing with Middle Tennessee. And so some of the planning took a little longer than I thought it would, just because we don't know. And next year we'll say, okay, we're going to do this or that didn't work. And I felt like we were just getting our rhythm with the whack of knowing where to be, where the best places to go, how, how we did practice at this place and those kind of things and just got thrown for a whole new loop. So let's talk about the guys that you've got. And uh, you mentioned seven coming back, obviously a lot of familiar names. Um, you know, the one I think a lot of people want to know is Jaden Ray, how, you know, you lost him with an injury last year. What are you seeing from him right now? And kind of, you know, what what does that look like? JD looks great. He's back to what looks like 100%. And he feels no pain. He's moving. He's fast. He's dynamic. And obviously, off of those ACLs, you just never know. And you're wondering, is he going to get back to what he was? And to be honest, he might have gotten better just having a little rest for the rest of his body. I think a big part of him improving is he got to watch on the side like a coach for a little while, probably for the first time in his life. And even he remarked on how he sees things a little differently because he got to watch it on the side for a while. And he's going to be a huge part of what we're doing. He looks great. And the thing that makes him special, one of the many things, is that he just makes everyone better, makes everyone around him better while he's also an exceptional player. So he looks he looks great, uh, injuries totally behind him, and, and he's poised for a big year for us. And then who else of these newcomers do you feel like are ready to make that next step? I mean, they've all played nice roles with this team, and they've had their moments, but who do you think is ready to be like the guy? Out of our returners? Yeah. Gosh, I think we have several. I think that uh, the two most obvious ones are Lamar Wilkerson and Cam Hoofner who are both very good players and had really good years for us last year. And the growth that they've shown in the offseason has been huge from a leadership perspective because they came in and we had some established leaders, the Dante Powers, Javion May, Tristan Ipe, uh, you know, among others. But those guys had such a loud voice and they were the ones teaching the culture. And so they learned last year. And about Christmas, you could tell it kind of clicked for both of them in different ways. And then this offseason, we talked about empowering them to be leaders. Hey, you're the one setting the standard. And not only has it brought their voice out more, not only has it brought out their ownership of the team, but their game has gone to another level because they said, okay, I need to be one of these guys, not just from a talent and scoring, but I have to be the everyday guy because I have to be the example for these guys around me. And if I'm not, I can't lead them. And so I've loved to see how their game has really improved, those two guys. And they're also going to have to learn how to be at the top of every team's scouting report. You know, we go play North Texas, and they say, we scouted for those two guys because we know how good they were. And that's going to be an adjustment for them. But they, they both have the chance to be all conference-level guys, and they're not the only ones on our team that do. But as returners, those two guys 
can make a jump. And honestly, some of our other guys that are returning, obviously JD has been really good for us, but Damon Nicholas and Anthony Vashesh are guys that played spots for us last year. Damon's spot over the last couple of years, and, and they're going to get a bigger opportunity. They've grown. They've gotten better. They're good players. They're good leaders, and, and they're going to have big roles in what we're trying to do. All right, then then names to know for your newcomers. Who – you know, who is kind of showing up right now in practice? Who are you seeing that you really expect to be a guy that we're going to be talking about in March as being a big addition to this team? Gosh, I could talk about all of them because I think they bring different X factors to our team. And when guys are new, it takes them different times to adjust to the speed, to the toughness, to the physicality, whatever it is. Sometimes it takes a guy a year. Sometimes it's six months. Sometimes it's immediate. And so I don't want to discount any of the guys that we have brought in. A couple of the guys that you're going to hear a lot about early, you know, David Barnes is one of them who has been on a winning NCAA tournament team, coached very well by Coach Jones down at Texas Southern, and, and fit in pretty quickly. And he's a very talented, great young man who's a good leader and with a, with a big role here is going to be a name you hear a lot for us. Uh, we have several other guys, you know, Marcus Boykin, is uh, been really good for us and is very talented and is learning what it takes on this level and has the athletic ability of some guys like a Quay Grant or somebody like that. And as he continues to learn and get better, he's going to be a big part. Uh, Suleiman Dumbia is a transfer from TCU who is very talented and is a very large human <laughs> is, and is good and is a great, I call him young man, uh, but he's, you know, graduated and, uh, and is working on a post and, and is going to be really good and is not just a big body also has talent. He can pass, he can shoot, he can score around the basket, he can rebound and been excited for him. And, and Lewis Rowe, obviously you talked about him earlier. You know, you're going to hear him a lot. He's going to play quite a bit for us and brings a very different skill set than what Sue brings. And they're going to be uh, playing really well. And obviously, Keen Scroggins will be a returner who plays quite a bit. And then we have some other X factors that will be interesting to see how they adjust. You know, Owen McGlashan is, uh, is an experienced guy who's played a lot of college basketball and is still learning and adjusting and has a lot of talent. We have a freshman, uh, C.J. Beaumont, who is uh, very talented and a really hard worker and is learning the game at a high level. You know, Bryce Cook transferred from SMU and was a really good player and is just getting better day by day. And if I missed anybody, I feel terrible because it, I think depth is going to be something that is a big asset for this team. I think that once we get everybody up to speed, once they've made the adjustment, once everybody's bought in the right way, we're going to have waves of guys that can come in. And I thought last year, that's one of the things that we had. We wore people down because when we went to our bench, we went to our bench to get starters. And I think this team has that ability and that talent and their adjustment period is going to be what figures that out. So we'll wrap things up with this. What has to happen for this team to be successful this year? We have to rebound the ball at a really high level. You know, we have lots of talent offensively. We have lots of pieces that uh, are going to be able to put pressure on the other team. We're going to play hard because that's what's expected every day, and that is what the standard is. And usually our teams that are very, very good rebound at a high level, and that's going to be our biggest X factor. 
the second X factor is just our guys really cheering for each other and loving each other and coming together and doing this for each other because it's us versus everybody else. And we know that everywhere we go from now on, we're no longer playing against each other. We don't have inter-squad scrimmages left. We're going to be doing it together and leading each other and, and pushing each other and motivating each other. And if we can get that click to happen, then like all of our teams, we're going to have a chance to be really good. All right, Coach, appreciate you joining us again. Every game at home this year will be ESPN+. Plus. That is new, so lots of ways to watch if you can't make it out to Johnson Coliseum. Every game on the road will be available to listen on the Bearcat Sports app or GoBearcats.com. Carlos Zimmerman will have the call for most of those. I'm going to have you guys out in Pacific, so I'm looking forward to to seeing the opener for you guys and uh, and then we'll be back home, Utah Valley home opener. So uh, it's happening fast, and uh, I know you're ready to start seeing some other some other guys on the floor, though. Yeah, it. Uh, I I think for the fans, this is an exciting team. We're going to play fast. We're going to have a lot of intensity. They're going to be fun to watch. You're going to enjoy coming. You're going to enjoy the game. You're going to enjoy the way we play, and you're going to really enjoy when you get to know them because they're great men too. All right, Pacific Monday night, nine o'clock tip here locally and uh and so hopefully you have a chance to check that one out and obviously we're going to be following you guys all year long here on the podcast louie's going to do a good job covering you guys on the cat's eye podcast as well and uh you know hopefully got good things to talk about this year appreciate it coach thanks This week's episode is recorded in the all-new studios in the Wood Forest Bank Athletic Center. This episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. All music is courtesy scottholmesmusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.